Welcome back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. The Hump Day edition of Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. And yes, it is a holiday edition of Ball Don't Lie. You can get it right into it. We got Texas signing day. We'll start with that. That's the big story of the day. Uh, we'll talk about the 2023 recruiting class that, of course, now is uh, the 2023 signing class for Texas football. We'll get into that uh, in the top of the three. We got my man Mike Roach of uh, Horns 24-7 to come on at the top of the four o'clock to help us break it down even further. We're off a little bit early for Texas basketball at 6.30. We'll get into that matchup they have tonight and break that down. We're also getting to Jerry Jones now. He has uh, kind of flipped the switch, if you will, or maybe he's kind of, kind of flipped the script, I should say, on the Odell Beckham story. We'll talk about that as well. Before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 48 and chase his dream in the cheese. Pippin ain't easy, but for him it's a breeze. Mike, hardball hard. What's going on, my man? Man, we are here. National Signing Day. I wanna, I'm going to ask you a little bit later about your National Signing Day and how it all went down, especially with all your friends oh, over man. there at DB High. Mm-hmm. I want to know a little bit about that. But I, this is what it's all about. You wait here. Your parents are driving you to all the camps. They're taking you to all these celebrations. Oh, and yeah, man. Then all of a sudden it finally comes here, and there's no hats. There's no flipping. There's none of that going on. Well, maybe if you are a Baylor fan, you're not having as better a better day than what you thought you were going to have. That's but that's the way upsetting. it goes down. Yep. That's the way it goes down. Mm-hmm. But let me talk to you about my man that sits across from me every single day. He actually had a national signing day himself. Right. He hails from H-Town with the get down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary Longhorn Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study. He's not a fan of white condiments, but he is a fan of you. The listeners. He is my man and yours, Rob Babels. Yeah, no eggnog for me. Are yeah, you eggnog yeah. man? No, I'm not even close yeah, to being in that. Eggnog is a weird That beverage. sounds nasty. It is kind of nasty to yeah. me. Uh, I don't I've never know. even tasted it. I didn't even want my none of it. My dad loved eggnog. Oof. Oh, Pops man. was all about it. Not oh, even man. close. It was eggnog season for him. He was Mm-mm. all about it and yeah, not a fan at all. Uh, I don't know if he's a fan, but he is one of the hardest working members of the ARN family. Got a hustle spirit, period. Uh, we don't know what he's paid, but we do know that he is underpaid. That's for damn show. Patrick Davis, what's going on, brother? Doing good, doing good, and no, no eggnog either. Yeah. I agree. That's kind of an no, old My mom school. makes eggnog ice cream. Damn, so your family's Ooh. big on the eggnog, yeah, too? They do it. My, my niece and nephew love the eggnog ice cream. Wow. They do it. I, I, it seems to me like one of those things that was made to like cover up the taste of alcohol, and I don't dislike the taste of alcohol <laughs> that much. So, But uh, eggnog eggnog ice cream is, you know, that's not, no, alcohol in it. I'm no, sure. there's no. It's not my niece <laughs> well, and nephew. I don't know. No, no, I don't know how no. mom's just cooking it up. No. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Uh, but no, man. I'm trying to put them to bed. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, someone said put, put some whiskey in it. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't, I'm not, I guess pop, maybe Pops was putting whiskey in I don't, he did yeah, have a crown I just drink whiskey. All the time. Yeah, yeah I guess so. I'm fine with just drinking whiskey. I think Pops was trying By to the hide way, thanks it. to right. Mike Harge. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. No, another no, no, Christmas present coming through for your man. That's right. I got, uh, I got shout y'all. Out. I got y'all. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, I guess it, uh, it is a festive way 
to uh to get a little tipsy. That's what we're all about. And being in the mood, uh, the giving season and the holiday season, of course, uh, and it is upon us. So maybe that's what the the eggnog is all about, getting uh, tipsy in a holiday fashion. All right, we'll uh, we'll get into a lot of Texas signing day or uh, national signing day. Uh, the Texas Texas twenty the Texas twenty twenty three recruiting class. We'll get into that coming up here. Top of the three, uh, also top of the four. Like I said, we got Mike Roach uh, coming on of Horns twenty four seven. You can be a part of the show. Please do hit us up on the Specs text line five one two three three seven three seven seven six. You also can hit us up via Twitter. I'm at Rod Davis in the Twitterverse Harge at Hardball Harge and my man Patrick Davis at it Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. All right, let's get right to it. Right now, the Longhorn twenty twenty three recruiting class, and no surprises by the way. For Texas, right? Uh, this recruiting class usually uh, you were just talking about for Baylor. Unfortunately, uh, Austin Navasad, one of the man, yeah, one of the more more high profile flips in the last twenty four hours of signing day. He decided to flip his commitment and had been true, and you know, really had been committed and then recommitted even right. to Baylor after uh, Ohio State and Notre Dame. Uh, schools like A and M uh, started to uh, you know make him a priority, I should say, in recruiting. Um, and Austin Alvisad still remained loyal to Baylor, uh, but it was um, some say the move. And I heard Jerry Hamilton on with uh, B and E this morning. It was the move of Will Stein going from UTSA uh, to Oregon as the offensive coordinator that might have been the final factor in him changing, flipping his commitment, because apparently they were really close. Um, yeah, because yep. he was uh, a quarterback. Local. Yes, he's kind of a quarterback nurturer, quarterback yep. guru for him yep. while they were here in Austin when he was a really young quarterback. And now apparently, they, I guess they stayed in touch, kept close. Uh, he may not have wanted to go to a UTSA, but with that connection now at a place like Oregon, made sense. Yeah, it makes 100% sense. I mean, change. And and this is the thing about it, you know, during a time where you've got transfers going from one school to the other, coaches changing and being uh, picked up by other universities, it opens up the conversation, right? So let's say Rob B is being recruited by Tim Brewster. You and Tim Brewster got this great relationship, but all of a sudden Tim Brewster goes to a Colorado which Colorado was on your list already, and you're like, oh, Tim Brewster's there? That's my dude. He drinks my mama's sweet tea. Mm-hmm. He comes in, and we've been having a good time. We've been vibing. He told me he was going to take care of me. All right, now we've already got this relationship. We've been working on it, and you probably told him, Tim, if you were at a different school, man, I probably would go with you. You're a great dude. Now all of a sudden, uh, your school is not as, as popular as most. Wait a minute. He just took a job at Colorado, where a school that I already liked, enjoyed my time out there. Boom. Now we start making some moves, and you're like, oh, then that is where I really wanted to go. Didn't like the coaching staff originally. Now there's a change. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to make some things happen. Just a perfect situation. It's unfortunate for Baylor because of the fact that you know as well as I do, Robbie, I don't want you – I won't recruit another DB. Because you have now committed to me and I'm committed to you. Remember, Mac Brown did this. He was famous for this. Mm-hmm. He was like, I'm not going to recruit another person if you're going to come here. And what happened with Ryan Paralu? Yeah, Paralu yeah. was like, I'm out. I'm going back to Louisiana. I'm a Louisiana kid. Well, I would say that's when loyalty still actually was something Real. Of, a, of a currency. Right. In, in recruiting. Now it is not. Now that is a it is a, a moot, 
obsolete currency. It doesn't exist anymore. It in was terms novel. Of loyalty. It uh, was novel. Yeah. But back then, I think there was some currency, right? Absolutely. There was like, hey, man, uh, Mac was to ask guys to stop taking recruiting visits once they committed, all that kind of stuff. Right. Now that is considered you know, antiquated <laughs> right. thoughts, uh, antiquated thought process to have a guy who would be that loyal to a program. You just don't have it with the transfer portal and uh, now with you know NIL and the new player empowerment movement, I should say. No. Uh, the Texas recruiting class now, uh, 2023, uh, consists of 21, com- uh, uh, 21 signees. They I just say, got now. another kid right now. Did they just get another? Just got the other kid from. He just dropped uh, down. Yeah, all right. That so, four star edge. Um, what's his name? Akana Akuna. Uh, how do you say his last name? His sister plays on the volleyball team. Uh, he was the one uh, that everybody was Akana. talking about. Yeah. Okay. Akana. Yeah. yeah Akana. I, I I probably would mess up the first name. I'll get a. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna <laughs> get phonetic. Yeah, yeah, we'll get a uh, phonetic. Yeah, it, yeah, you're right. So now it is 22 officially, yep, yep. and uh, right now 22 signees for Texas. The top signee in the 2023 class, of course, the marquee guy is Arch Manning. Um, he is the top quarterback in the country, number one in his position. But you also end up getting Anthony Hill, uh, another five star. He's the top linebacker in his position, second highest ranked recruit in the class. And then behind him, you have uh, Cedric Baxter, who is also a five-star. He's the best running back at his position yeah. uh, in the country. Uh, that's you know, and and Jonte Cook, I think you kind of throw him in too, uh, just because <laughs> man, Jonte Cook has been a high-rated prospect for a really long time, and he's been repping Texas forever. I always say the best recruiters. Are your players these days? They're not the coaches. Coaches are restricted by NCAA rules. Your best recruiters are players because players can kind of walk between the raindrops. They don't really have to be accountable to NCAA rules. They can slide into DMs. They have pre-existing relationships. They know trainers. They know high school coaches who know other players. So they, well, in terms of recruiting, they can deliver them all the messages you want to deliver. You want to get a guy into the portal. The player is the best way to do it. A player yep, he used yep. to play with or a player that has connections to them and that that third party relationship is one that is pivotal these days it's not always i don't know ethical uh, right 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 <laughs> uh, but it, it's necessary i yeah. say that it ain't always ethical but it's necessary um but he's just a guy that has been recruiting for Texas and and Arch Manning the same thing. I mean, he's he does. been one. He does. He's basically been your top recruiter for the twenty twenty three class. And Jonte Cook has also been one of your top three of three to five recruiters for the twenty twenty three class. Because like I said, players they just can do things once they are fully committed. There are things that they can do for the class, and that in terms of communicating with players, uh, that coaches are just restricted by rules and can't do. Right. And and that's the thing about it. I mean, you talked about it before, and I know for a fact when I was being recruited by the University of Texas, when I was being recruited by Nebraska, the players were the ones that were recruiting us the most. It didn't even have to be the coaches because you know as well as I do, when you go on those recruiting trips and you get to hang out with these dudes, some of you become really close. Some of you are friends, and you still talk to this day. I know a lot of people that I was on my recruiting trips with I still talk to because we've all yeah. done different things in our lives, but yeah. we always network with each other mm-hmm. and hit back with each other, and it's all about the genuineness. It, it It's crazy to me that now we're in this era of coaches there, NIL, but most importantly, it's all about the kids. If the kids are recruiting each other and they want to play yeah. with like-minded people, that's what it's all about. I want to win championships. Can Robbie help me be a, be a champion? Can Arch Manning help me be a champion? Can Jonte Cook help me be a champion? Because 
we know this could all change tomorrow. You know, because everybody can jump in the transfer portal. It's part of the game now. You give it so and it takes it away. It gives it to you <laughs> and it takes it from you. So when you get at this opportunity and you get the chance to be a part of an exclusive signing class, you were part of one. Mm-hmm. You were one of the best signing classes at the University of Texas we won the, in we, the we history. We were number one in the country at the time. Right, yeah. right. So when you get a chance like this and you're getting like-minded, four stars, five stars, Mostly five stars. And then you get these other guys that are or got the chip on the shoulder because they didn't get named to that certain star. It brings an edge to the recruiting uh, game. You got four five stars currently in the class, yeah. which are Arch Manning, Anthony Hill, Cedric Baxter, Jante Cook. Uh, as you know, five stars. I don't know what the number is now, but usually there's a little less than 45 stars all across the country. Across the period. country, yeah. yeah um, and they're yeah. considered basically guys who are – for sure, NFL caliber prospects. Right. Basically, like this guy's gonna play in the NFL. We just don't know what round. Yep. That's how it's been broken down to me. Yep. Um, and if they don't, then usually that's a failure of the institution more than anything because they had tons of upside and talent. Not always, mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. you know they got a lot of upside, obviously, to get that type of ranking. If you go look right now, Texas number three. I literally think they went from four to three right when they got the twenty seven. Right when they got that kid. Yeah, <laughs> like, right when they got that kid. Because no, when we started the show, it was four. It was four. Yeah, and it, when right we when, started and the show, I, it was well, four. I literally said, I was like, Texas number four. Now you were like, oh, <laughs> yep. oh nope, they got another commitment. And yep. then I refreshed, and they were three. Yep. So and then they went to twenty two commit. So I think Texas right now number three. If you look at the overall rank, I'm looking at Horns twenty four seven. As am I. Okay, yep, so uh, yep, yep, I'm yep. sure if you're looking at something else, maybe they have a different ranking, but just for that, I'm looking at Horns 24-7. I love yep. their composite ranking. I just I like the way they rank there. Not saying that they're the only ones who have you know a great recruiting analysts out there. Inside Texas does a good job. Jerry, hell, Jerry Hamilton discovered Rod B. Yep. Right, I, I owe Jerry Hamilton you, a debt. Much love. That, that man came out to much love. Hell, I, I think it was like North Shore High School or something like that. And I was out there. He was out there looking for work. Yeah. I was a young. They said they was like, "Oh, you know where the ball is at?" They had North Shore. I was like, "Well, that's where I'm going." Yep, I, mean, I, mean, I need like, that challenge. It's like a pickup game. I was yeah. like, "Oh, where are, the, where are the best football players at?" They, like, they hang out at North Shore. I was like, "Well, I'm going to hang out there." Yep, that's my spot. <laughs> Let's go get some work. That's in. my spot. And I think my man Jerry Hamilton must have heard the same thing, and he went over there to check it out too. Boom. Uh, the rest, as they say, is history. Yep. Uh, okay, so now number three and um, number three overall, and like I said, they have five, sorry, four five star players. Malik Muhammad, though, he's a four star coming out mm-hmm. of South Oak Cliff. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, got uh, I'm a championship now. So he's celebrating too. So champion. congrats to him. He's a champion. Knows how um, to win. And it, and it goes to what you just said because I still it's a lot that's changed. In recruiting, since Harge was being recruited, and since I was being recruited, so we're old guys now. Because uh, now you got the transfer portal, NIL, inextricably linked. You got this different world altogether. But I will say that I think one thing that's still, or a couple of things that are still, that are, are commonalities between the eras of, pros, of top prospects being recruited. And Harge was, to hell, Harge might have been high rated. Pro- they don't have ratings for us. We were too old. Right. Uh, but Harge <laughs> yeah. was high rated too. Yeah. All right, got they recruited. call us chips. Yeah, whatever it was yeah, back in the yeah. day. All right? um, but I, I will say you still want to win a lot of games. For sure. You want to play with other great players because you know the only way to win a lot of games is to play with other great players. So that's not mm-hmm. actually not a lot of ego about that. 
Um, you'd be surprised. Mo, you know, most players they want to play with elite personnel on Absolutely. every side. They don't want to. I mean, it's something about being you know the the best player on your team, but you want to be that even with elite guys all around. Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Uh, and you want to win championships, and you want to play at the next level. It's like those three to four things. You want to win a lot of games. One of great players want to play with other great players. You want to win championships, and you want to play at the next level for sure. Those four things, that's why you can still recruit different eras. Great recruiters can they recruit because recruiting is all about relationships and understanding those four things. No doubt. Because those four things have not changed in, what, 20, 30 years since we were being recruited? N- not at Continues all. Continues to be the same. Exactly. It will always be the same. It's, gonna, it's never going <laughs> to change. That's great players prioritize, exactly. period. That's, that's why. It. Why did you want to come here? Because you wanted to be part of a great group. Yeah. I wanted to come to the University of Texas because I wanted to be a part of a great group. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. And when you start looking around and, you know, it, it, there's a bunch of competition within the competition as well. It's like what we talk about, iron sharpens iron. And the reason why you you make that happen is because you want to see how I match up. What did you say? I used to go against Roy Williams and B.J. Thomas every single day. I mean, B.J. Johnson, Johnson yeah. every single day. Because, and Sloan Thomas because I wanted to know how good I was and I wanted to get better every single day. And I wanted them to get better because I wanted to make it as tough as I possibly can for them during the week so they can smash against the other dude because I knew the other dude that they were going against was not better than me. Yeah, That's just the way people think. And you should think that way. So right now, when you're looking at these recruiting classes and what's going on, Anthony Hill coming in from Denton, uh, Denton Geyer, and looking at what's going on with him coming out, he wants to be that monster. He's looking at Derek Johnson and saying, teach me how to Dougie. You know what I'm saying? Teach well, me how to, to get it in. He'll get to play with Jalen Ford. And get to play who, with Jalen Ford. A, a, yes. a linebacker who has – Coming off one of the greatest seasons in Texas football history for for a linebacker, and then Malik uh, Muhammad yeah. is looking at DBU and saying, "I want to be a part of DBU." Yes, yeah, he actually, and I'm I'm a little biased, of course. Um, you know, two of my favorite recruits in the recruiting class of 2023 are actually out right outside that five star group with Malik Muhammad and Derek Williams. Yeah, uh, Malik Muhammad from South Oak Cliff. Uh, we just talked about him, but I mean, he is I. I've 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 talked to several. We talked to Mike Roach too, who's actually watched him play in person. I just got a chance to watch film on him. Uh, but man, he's he's long. He's five eleven. Um, but man, he looks like he's taller than that just because of how long his arms right. are and how rangy he is. Uh, he's a, really a superb athlete. Really great at making plays on the ball. And then Derek Williams. Hell, I heard yes. legendary lifetime Longhorn Michael Griffin say he thinks he's going to be like one of the all-time greats in DBU. And because like of the same things you talked about. I'm like, whoa. I mean, he, I, He's I, a big guy. He, he's 6'2". Yes. yes. Derek Williams uh, out of a new, uh, new Iberia, uh, Louisiana, um, swamp people like me. He, uh, he's 6'2", 185. Yeah. 6'2", 185. Coming, coming downhill. Yes. Yeah, you big, know what I'm saying? Yeah, when you start yeah. looking at those types of players. He's long, man. Yeah. He's long. And it's that leverage. You talked about Ryan Watts, and you talked about the DBU, uh, uh, Malik Muhammad. When you have those long arms, that's why I loved Ryan Watts when he came here. You were a big. You were, you I, I was under big Ryan on Watts Ryan Watts. Bandwagon, and you were right about him. Yeah. And honestly, I think we saw how valuable he was when he went down. 
Exactly. Kind of like <laughs> so I kind of like my Dallas Cowboy DBs. Hey, when they go down, yeah. you start, oh, man, I appreciate them a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's no question. I mean, you're right about him. He didn't, yeah. uh, you know, he, he probably would have had more prolific stats had they moved him around, but he stayed on that boundary, made it easier for teams to be able to, to game plan against him, yet he held his own, yeah. did a really good job. I mean, I, I, mean, I think the secondary is benefiting a ton from this class Absolutely. with just those two prospects. But um, overall, the <laughs> – Okay, who's the biggest winner, defense or offense from this class? So it's a for pretty me, it's, nice. Yeah, it's a good haul. It's a good it's haul. It's a good a haul. Good, pretty good split too. Yeah. I mean, you can make the case well, either the, way. Well, the biggest thing for me has been the linebacker position because linebacker that is the there? that is the one that we've all been talking about. Yeah. Right, like that is the numbers in the position that has been the most underachieving yeah. as far as depth. Yeah, you know when that that was the biggest thing, right. and for them to go out there and get three of them, maybe four of them, because they keep saying we're not done, we're not done. They keep saying they're not they done. keep saying they until might, the yeah. end of the day, and yeah. I, I think I heard them talking about you can sign up until Friday, so there might be something else that comes out of the <laughs> out of this all. But the linebacker position to me has been the biggest haul. Of what has that? What Texas has needed to feel? Yeah, because you got Anthony Hill at the linebacker uh, position, yep. and then you got with Samaji Burrell, yep. uh, the uh, Leona Lafau, the uh, no. Hawaii linebacker, yep. supposed to be just a, a phenomenal uh, prospect. Um, and, and by the way, and I, Darian Gallette. And then Darian Gallette. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, you it's and, a good and move. that coming off of a Jalen Ford season right. as well. Right. You're coming off the uh, season, one of the greatest seasons in the history of Texas football for any linebacker mm-hmm. with Jalen Ford. And he, I think we all believe he's coming back, right? So, yeah, I haven't heard anything. So, I'm soon coming back. And you right. got him um, that's going to be, you know, he paired up with either one of these young linebackers here or we'll assume they're going to be getting reps and he'll be able to kind of tutor and mentor those guys uh, and, you know, really pass on what he's learned at the position uh, that's made him such an impact player. So I'm with you. Linebacker, you could argue, because remember, offensive line, obviously, last year, that was considered the big winner in terms of positions. You could be right about linebacker. Uh, but honestly, Anthony Hicks, one of those guys, sorry, Anthony Hicks, Hill. Anthony is one of those guys that can also uh, train. I don't know why I want to say Anthony Hicks so bad. No, uh, you know, because you, you got a, uh, you got uh, wanna, Jordan I, Hicks in your mind. I don't know why. No, I, yeah, I don't know <laughs> what it is. So, I mean, I think I played uh, with Anthony Hicks or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but Anthony Hill, he can play edge too, though. I mean, yes. he, a guy you like that. You can put that, him wherever you want. Six two two twenty five. Uh, he really does. He, he he really does have the ability, the versatility, to project him to be an edge guy or someone you can move around the front. And I I, I assume they're gonna move him around the front. Right. You don't waste a five star talent like that and just pigeonhole them and typecast him into one place. Uh, much like you did a guy like Demarvio and Overshone, you could do that with Anthony Hill. Yeah. And he'd be even more Im- impactful and effective there in a, in a role like that. No doubt. And for those that keep asking us of why we're not playing the Sark Presser, number one, it's because Texas women's basketball is on right now. So that is taking over on LHN. So if you wanted to see Sark's Presser, you would have to go online to uh, texassports.com to have his presser. So that's why you're not hearing it right now. We, we thought we were going to be a part of it, but there's two basketball games that are happening today on the 40 Acres. Plus, we are trying to uh, officiate everything that we're doing here at the uh, ARN compound. <laughs> so, Patrick is in the house. That's why Patrick is <laughs> not And not for not long, by the way. Yeah, he's got to go, too. He's got to <laughs> yeah. leave, too. Yeah, there's, exactly. There's, exactly. A, there's a lot of moving pieces today here <laughs> and on the 40 Acres that we weren't able to. 
and uh, also the time was not set as well where it was going right. to be a lot harder for us to do because right. it could have moved uh, quite a bit. Yeah, that, absolutely. That, that, I know people were upset by it. I was like, you know what? I'm not addressing it because yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. I like, we, I I we'll try and specifics. pull whatever we can if we can get stuff, and we'll try and pull it if we get any yeah. clips before the end of the show. No we'll doubt. try. No we will. That, exactly. We will do our best to try to pull clips, but usually you guys know we carry all that stuff Absolutely. Live. I knew there was a perfectly good reason we weren't, and <laughs> yeah. I was sent emails and yeah. on text chains about it, and I was like, listen, man, I'm a soldier. Just tell me where to be. <laughs> Just tell me what what's going do. down. Okay, I don't How need do we to need know. We're need, good. Don't give me, I don't even need to know the specifics of it. Just tell right. me where to be and when to turn the mic on. No That's doubt. what I need to know. <laughs> I'm like, hey, it's going to be the same time. I'm exactly. good with that. We like, good. We good. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? So uh, I, we apologize if you guys are inconvenienced for that. Uh, thanks to Harge uh, giving you a little specific. So, yeah, just go to the website and get you there. And they usually put all that stuff on YouTube Absolutely. afterwards. Absolutely. They'll put it on YouTube, and it'll be at the, the Texas Longhorn Channel on YouTube you can catch it there too so we apologize for the inconvenience no doubt but uh, yeah we're stretched a little thin got a lot going on we got a lot going on <laughs> and there's a lot jumping lot, off lot at the 40 on. acres uh, that's what happens when you have two signing days uh, pretty much yeah. yeah you got two signing days and then you got multiple sports happening exactly. on the same day exactly um, so yeah it's alright it's right. we'll do our best uh, to try to make we'll sure keep we can you up recap, to date for sure. recap signing day and give you any other man surprises that may come. <laughs> that was a, that was a, kind of the first surprise. Yep, um, that we may had. So, all right, we'll we'll get into that coming up. We'll get back to national signing day, but also Texas twenty twenty three recruiting class or signing class, I should say. Now yep. uh, we'll get back to that uh, coming up next. We'll talk some uh, Cowboys. Jerry Jones pessimistic now, and he's really why are we still talking about it? Ah, uh, because Jerry Jones wants you to talk about it because he keeps <laughs> talking about it. So we'll do. That that and Micah missing practice yesterday. We'll get into that, but also uh, Texas 2023 signing class for Texas football. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful nine the horn. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Just hear those sleigh bells jingling, ring, ding, tingling, too. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. It is a uh, midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. My man Patrick uses a song from the soundtrack of a movie that inspired him, and he plays those songs for us. And based on those selections, we're supposed to guess exactly what the featured movie is for midweek movie music. Uh, we know it's a holiday movie. We know that. It's pretty obvious. Very much so. Okay. Um, hard. I mean, you just want to throw it out. Right, I'm just going to throw it out, out there. Throw out Christmas movies. Exactly. Yeah. You're just taking a buckshot at this. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm, yeah, throwing, I'm, I'm Christmas, gonna get yeah, hit with some shrapnel Christmas right now. Christmas movies. So just go. You can go like Christmas. Let's go back. Christmas Vacation. No. Okay. Home Alone. No. Okay. Oh, that's well, good. That's so we're gonna get one guess. Yeah, we're gonna yeah, get one yeah, guess. Got one okay, guess. Okay, let's not cheat. I'm gonna wait yeah, on another. Okay, because yeah. okay. I think it's pretty. You're right. We'll get a, another hint. It might be thinking, tough. I was thinking Home Alone because that's they're walking one. through the airport. That's a good one. I did look like at it. I did look at that, but it didn't get picked. Okay, yeah, that's okay. a good one. No, that's really good. I like that. Um, all right, 
All right, we'll come back with it next. Dang it. <laughs> next after next uh, break, Dang next it. segment, a midweek movie music. Uh, one of our favorite musically themed days of the week. Patrick always works really hard, and if we don't get it by the four o'clock, usually Patrick gives us a no-brainer kind of clue um, that you know that any five-year-old could figure out. And that's usually right, works. right, right. Uh, we definitely get it by then. Uh, all right. Um, speaking of five-year-olds. Um, <laughs> oftentimes, uh, Jerry Jones will handle the media uh, like a five-year-old would because he just kind of throws blank at the wall. Uh, sometimes it is substantive. Uh, other times it is not. Uh, turns out, gentlemen, um, everybody was right in believing that Jerry Jones was full of it when he kept mm-hmm. uh, perpetuating this uh, story. Or this I don't know. Hey, maybe it was just his wish that Odell Beckham Jr. was going to be a cowboy. Remember how... How sure and how confident he was last time that the media spoke with him that Odell Beckham Jr. was indeed going to be a Dallas Cowboy? He was, he, he kept, uh, I'll go find that quote, but it was he was. Rod, we're going to work as hard as we possibly can <laughs> to get him here. We know he's a playmaker. Uh, well, we know he's going to make things happen for us. Well, here's from uh, Don't Todd. give up hope is basically <laughs> what he told us. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Uh, Todd Archer says, uh, he said, uh, when asked about Odell Beckham Jr. and will he be added to the team, um, Jerry Jones said, that time is moving on down the road relative to playing in the playoffs. <laughs> so every day diminishes our chances of going forward. Come on, man. What he so. saw was T.Y. Hilton running some routes and catching yeah. passes and realized, oh, I think we're good. We're going to roll with this because I'm not spending that much money on a guy that is coming off of ACL injury again. 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 Yeah, I think Steven got in his ear. Yeah, Steven was like, hey, can we stop this madness, <laughs> stop please? This. Uh, I've talked to our capologist, and he has shown this number <laughs> exactly. if we signed to a three-year deal, and this right. is a two-year deal, yeah. and this, and the guaranteed money. I mean, probably in all reality, it ends up that he was trying to use this all as a negotiating ploy. Could be. And now he's For not sure. hearing back, thinking like, oh, I'll push him, I'll push him, and then he'll respond. And now he's getting ghosted by him still, and he's like, well, cool, now I'm going to change my tactics. Yeah, uh, so it's. I think it's. I think it's always been dead. And I don't think yeah. anybody really fell forward, hook, line, and sinker. I don't think we did. Um, but he was so man. Like I said, he was so adamant last time. It just made people think, oh man, maybe Jerry Jones actually knows. And he is the owner. Maybe he knows something we don't know. Uh, and then remember, James Slater reported that he went. He is going, basically going rogue, right? Um, and that nobody within the organization was supporting. You know this. Rogue move by Jerry Jones. Um, so uh, turns out uh, nothing of it. Much well, I think much big, do about nothing. Well, I think the Maybe biggest it was thing something at one time, but nothing. I think the biggest thing that you 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 mentioned, Rod, was because of the fact that Jerry wants to keep the Cowboys in the headlines and continue in that conversation. That's why whenever he gets a microphone in front of him, he can he realizes I can say anything I want and people are going to run with it. So. Let's just keep Odell Beckham's name out there and people try to come up with these ideas and these scenarios on how it can work and that'll keep us in the headlines for a little while longer. Uh, This is the week you don't need headlines, bro. You're playing the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are already giving you the headline. Jalen Hurts may or may not play. Yeah. Don't. Don't worry about it. Just go out there and do your thing. And I also wanted to point this out. And I, I, I don't know if you guys got a chance to see this conversation, but the Philadelphia Eagles 
had food bought for them. The, the Jags lunch was paid for by the Eagles. Yeah, I saw that. Yesterday. They bought them all 35 cheesesteaks, 25 large fries from Philly's finest in Jacksonville to Doug Peterson and his office for beating the the, the Cowboys. It's and it's shady. funny. Pretty and shady. it's funny to me that they did that and they fired Doug Peterson. Think about that. You're not good enough for us, but we want to thank you for beating the Cowboys. So here are some Philly cheesesteaks. The coaches, I think, politely accepted, accepted them. Yeah, they didn't decline <laughs> they didn't have them. to play for no food. Yeah, that's they didn't right. decline it. But you're right. That is kind of shady. It is. It's a little shady. It is. It's a little shady. But Throwing that's right. salt on that thing the, right the, there. That division foes. And I'm sure if Doug Peterson had to side with anybody in that matchup, oh, he'd side sure. with Philly. the Philly. Yeah. Philadelphia Eagles where he won a Super Bowl. Yeah. You know what I mean? Once you win a Super Bowl together – you There's know, a lot that you can forgive, right? It's like having kids together. Yeah. Like, y'all can break up, but hey, baby hey, mama. Man, hey, y'all baby sit, mama. Y'all, y'all forever linked. <laughs> <laughs> hey, boo. Hey, baby mama. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, right? yeah. That's basically how Doug Peterson sees the Eagles, uh, which makes a good point there. But I, I saw that story, too. Um, there'll, there'll be a little angst between these teams. Of course, you got the Michael Parsons comments that were. On the Von yep, cast, yep, where yep, he, yep, yep. It, I'm not saying that he called Jalen Hurts a system quarterback. He hinted that Jalen Hurts was just a system quarterback. Well, now we'll get to see because yep. Gardner Minshew goes in there and we'll see what type of uh, regression the offense has from Jalen Hurts, who was considered to be the front runner for the MVP race, now dealing with the sprained shoulder, uh, the throwing shoulder, and we'll see if. Now that offense takes a a bit of a you know kind of a hits a lull or because I think at one at one point it was it might still be the top offense in the NFL right um, I don't know if it still is right now I haven't looked at the stats lately but it was the top offense in the league uh, we'll see if they can still have that type of productivity with Gardner Minshew in there that's that'll be the big question yeah. Uh, for the Cowboys. And Gardner Minshew is more than capable of going out there and playing well, especially with that team. Like we talked about, the, all levels are good. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts, obviously, is the big name and, and MVP candidate. And that's something, too. We'll get into it in my Hard Knocks life. But I'm curious to how you're going to drop him out of the candidacy that fast because he got an injury with three games left. It wasn't like... He didn't play all season. He's not going to drop out, but he's, he's definitely going to lose ground. He lost so much that he is no longer the favorite. He went yeah. from 150, minus 150, to plus 600. Because durability, it's not always, always your fault whether you're you know going to be durable or not, but that is part of being a great player. Yeah. It's just being able to battle through the the violence and the brutality of the game and be available. Michael Parsons has been playing hurt all year. All yeah. year long. Yeah. Yep. He's getting multiple injuries. Like, no, no, I'm playing. I'm playing. So like, look, that's what that's great players, you have to play through pain. That's part of it. Now I'm not saying if you can't play through it, you're not a great player, but man, the all time greats, you have to play through pain. You're nobody's gonna be fresh the entire year. And so I'm not question, saying that he should, you know, lose the MVP race and become it, but I'm just saying one of the major factors in you being a great player, if you're gonna go to the Hall of Fame or being an all pro or being a pro bowler, is your availability. Your ability to play through brutality and violence and still go out there and play. Are you at 90%? No. You might at 75%. My 75, better than most of these guys, 95. But if he wants to go out there and play and if he comes out and plays this week, 
doesn't play as great. Does, why is he being penalized? Because he's playing. He's playing. He's playing through yeah. the injury. He's doing what he can, but he's hurting his team. Just like he said during his interview, he said, "I got to do what's best for our team." And to me, I think that that's crazy because of the fact that he may want to play, but doctors are telling him you cannot play. Well, we all that's know. Mike White. Mike White had the same thing. Right. Yeah. Mike White wanted to play. Doctors like, you can't play. Sorry, Bro, man. you have <laughs> internal bleeding. Yeah, you can't <laughs> play. No, we all, we all know that yep. any award voting, college football playoffs, all those voting is what have you done for me lately. Exactly. That's what it all exactly. is, so it matters in that. And they want to see late season heroics. The crazy part is the, the Eagles win one more game this year. They're clinched the division. They clinched the one seed. Yep. He sits out these next three games healthy. He probably doesn't drop as much as being injured right. and sitting out games that he doesn't really need to play in anyway. This is fair. So yep. that's the silly part is if he doesn't play in these games because he's sitting out because of what a great job he did, they're still the MVP. But yep. because he's hurt, mm. so they're like, hey, man, we just need to win one out of three to get the number one seed. We can probably do that without him. But in reality, if he comes, if they lose the next two games. He probably plays week seventeen. Yeah, to try and, to then, clinch that and then he comes back spot. and clinches the one seed. Yep. The new favorite to win MVP, right? Yeah, yep. that's what I'm saying. It goes back, and I'm not saying, like I said, I'm not saying I agree with it or no, it's no, right. No, no. It, it goes yeah. back to what I said initially. Yeah. Football, the fat, one of the things that's factored in one of the data points is always, are you hurt and are you battling through that pain to play? Yeah, that's why. It's why like you said if he had just he's sitting out the last few games, people go, "Oh, he's sitting out because he's dominated and he yeah. doesn't even need to play anymore." Right. Yeah, that's how dominant they've been, and nobody would he wouldn't lose ground in MVP race. But because he's hurt now, and I'll the basically go back to like the equation I just put out there: Is he going to battle through the pain? Is he going to fight through the pain? Help his team? And like Hart said, it could hurt his team. He right. go have a terrible game, nope. hurt himself even more. But oh, is it? He's going to lose ground anymore. Exactly. It's, it's a catch twenty two. It's, it's, it's an lose, awful lose. situation, so I'm not saying I man. It is one of the warped, distorted way that we look at football. Is he battling through the pain? And, yeah, not always the smartest way of looking right. at it. Right. Yeah, we've seen okay. Christian McCaffrey lose, like, what, probably a season's worth of games by battling and trying to get back early. Mm-hmm. And then he gets hurt, re-hurts himself. Yeah. Because he's trying so hard to get back. You're like, yeah, man, sometimes you just get healthy. Man, you're the you're 99% the number one seed in the playoffs in the from the AFC. Are from the NFC. Why don't you just go ahead, get healthy, and then go wreck shop in the playoffs? And if they want to take away your MVP because of it, then I think we can all look at them and think they're stupid when you when you're holding up the Super Bowl trophy. Yeah, no, I, I said I don't disagree with any of that. It is it is weird. I think it's an interesting conversation. I can't wait but to yeah, get into the the hard knock life because yeah, it is right, I, right. I, I, I just want the debate because. Yeah. There's just so many different parts of this story that we look at, and it's like this guy's team is 13 and one. Mm-hmm. He's been a major factor, and then all of a sudden he gets hurt, and they and, and not week two, not week five. He gets w- hurt in week 14, 15, Dang. and now people are like, he's no longer the MVP. What? How does this even happen? Well, it kind of goes back to that old, you know, the uh, going back to the program, the football movie, the, the great line, you know, are you hurt or are you injured? Right. And in football, if you're injured, that's going to hurt you in uh, accolades, stuff like that, because you don't get to play all the games. Um, so if you are injured because you're going to miss time, that's what injury basically ends up meaning. Yeah, you, you know, that ends up hurting you. If you're hurt, going back to my bout to the pain, people always believe, are you hurt? You can play. Right. Being hurt means, oh, right. I can play. Being right. injured means I can't play. Right. So is Jalen Hurts, no pun intended, hurt or <laughs> injured? And that's what 
and I think that also kind of plays into it subconsciously. I don't think people are having the deep conversation we're having about it right now. Like, uh, right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I think no, you're right about that. It's a good point. I don't know why uh, he's losing ground to the extent, but he is. Look at Vegas right now. He is no longer the front runner. He was. He's no longer the front runner. Right uh, now, it's I think so crazy. Yeah, he might be second. He might be third right now. Right. Honestly, content, content, I know Patrick from Mahomes, December the nineteenth yeah. to December. What are we? Twenty first. He has dropped so many points, which is unbelievable to me. And Micah Parsons, strangely enough, he's he, he in terms he's of being defensive player of the year. He's played fewer snaps because they're limiting his snaps because of his his injury and him being hurt. Uh, but because he's still productive and getting the sacks and making plays, fumble recoveries, um, he's still in the defensive player of the year discussion. Um, but he's battling through the injury too. Unbelievable, um, yeah. So. And and the defensive players they don't care because they're not on your fantasy team. Like Jalen right, Hurts right, is right, ruining right. everyone's fantasy right. season right now, right? Because you get to the playoffs and then he's like, "Hey man, I'm hurt." You're like, "No, I had Jonathan Taylor and Damian Pierce. They're yeah. all hurt." Yeah, I bet. Yeah, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, you're right about that. I guess he's a fan. I don't play a lot of fantasy, but I'm sure he's a fantasy. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I believe he's the number one quarterback this year. Is he? <laughs> I believe so. That's what I'm saying. Like, I bet he's a yeah, fantasy uh, football uh, freak at this point. Everybody love him. Everybody <laughs> love him. <laughs> uh, yeah, because on the ground, he's basically a running back, and then he also can give you a lot of points via the uh, the passing game, too. Yeah. Uh, all right, we come back. Uh, we'll get into the flex, basically our flex. We're going to rewind and get into Texas uh, 2023 recruiting class, national signing day today. So a lot of our discussion will be built around the 2023 recruiting class, uh, talking about it, detailing it. Uh, we'll get back to that in the flex. All that more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 1049 The Horn. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. It doesn't show signs of stopping, and I've brought along some corn for popping. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie. Time for midweek movie music. My man Patrick always doing a great job. He takes songs from a soundtrack of a movie that inspired him, obviously Holiday One, uh, for this occasion. And uh, based on the selection he plays for us on midweek movie music, we're supposed to be able to guess exactly what the feature movie is for midweek movie music. Hard, you said you got to guess. I, I got to guess go too. Go ahead, go first. You want me to go first? Yep. Uh, just going holiday movie. Is it? Is it Elf? It is Elf. Yeah, I knew it. Nice. My wife loves Elf. Yep. I am not a huge fan of it. I I like. I mean, I like. Yeah. I don't love it. I like it, but she loves it. Yeah, loves I think it. it. I think it's a like a generation just right after us. And she exactly. And she's ten years younger than me, so that kind of makes. Yeah, sense. I think it's just right after. Yeah. I think it was right after our time. But no. Yeah. It's a it's a good movie, but it's a great soundtrack too because it's oh. a lot of classic Christmas songs. This one kind of took me to it. This is a, I was yep. like, oh yeah. no, this reminds me of Elf. It's weird that yep. yeah that, um, that song took that, you to that Elf. That song took yeah. me to Elf, which is strange. Yep. But I was like, like my wife watches it a lot, so that I would know of. Uh, all right, it. so okay, so you said does it have like classic Christmas songs on? Yeah, Elf? it's just got a lot like, of cla- no, yeah. More are they, rem- are they remakes? And yeah, it's, I think one or two of them is, okay. but yeah, but it's got a lot more classic stuff. No, and then a lot of like when I was trying to find a Christmas movie, and most of them don't have. Like six songs, they have a lot of sound. Oh, like a lot gotcha, of gotcha. they don't spend money on songs itself. They spend the money on like John Williams does Home Alone. Uh, gotcha. So you, those I they have so. things that you would go, oh, that's Christmas stuff. But you're like, no, it's actually the Home Alone theme. Oh, that's a just, good point. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I never thought about. I don't think I've ever gotten to the soundtrack of a Christmas movie before. 
I don't think I've ever like looked it up. No, neither have I. A soundtrack of a Christmas movie. I love, I, my, I love a lot of for, it. For my job now, I have done it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're a Renaissance man now, because yeah. of your job. You have to go down so many random rabbit holes. Uh, all right. Well, speaking of the Flex, uh, that's what we're going to get into right now because that's what we're about. We actually can link the Flex to the 2023 signing class for Texas because some of our uh, all Flex members are actually represented in the 2023 class, 2023 recruiting class, I should say, and that's Colton Vasek being one of them, and he's a legacy. Yes, he is. Um, Dad is a coach. So he's got, yep, yep. man, he's... He understands the assignment. He's a total package. He's <laughs> yeah. a total package kind of guy. And they need edge rushers. One thing Texas uh, Texas didn't have this year. No, they had, you know, I think they had formidable edge players. Baron Sorrell um, and, hell, you know, last year you look at uh, all a the different... Gofu a Gofu coming off it. And yep. guys they had. So they, they have some players there, uh, but they don't really have high, high-level edge defenders just yet. Right. I think Baron Sorrell was... was was good this year, um, and, a, and a vast improvement over last season. And and he was not a liability at all. And is a strength for you in a lot of big games. So I don't want to discredit or disrespect the man. Um, but you need more high level edge defenders. Period. Overall, um, and I think the class they brought in last year uh, with Justice uh, Finkley, um, him being one of those guys. He played actually right this year. Did yep, he play? Yep, he played, yep. like, was he number he one? Came, yeah, he, he wore number one. one yeah, as well. so they played him a little bit. I, yep. I expect him to step up this year. But Colton Vax is one of those guys. They say it's a natural edge press. Got great hands. Um, also has a natural. BGO as they call it. not yep. not BDO not BO or anything like that BGO ball get off because uh, he actually has a great burst off the line really explosive and he's long he's right. six five and a half two thirty you can put twenty oh, twenty five pounds yeah. on him and honestly I don't think he would lose a step no he's one of those guys that you look at and you're like okay the frame fits what you want to see. As a college defensive end coming off the edge, he he, you, the nutrition is so different than what it was when we were both come, being recruited, right? So mm-hmm. you're looking at him and you're like, okay, if they get into the right right weight room, they get him into the right food program, he's going to be able to still keep that lean, keep that leverage, and be able to be that guy. But he definitely needs to put on that weight, and I don't think he's going to lose that leverage that he, that we expect from him as that position starts to get bigger for him. I think yeah. the perfect fit for what they were looking for, that's why they fought so hard, sleeping in the driveway, as Bucky likes to say, playing <laughs> basketball in the middle of the parking lot, hey, making sure that we to continue to push for this kid to be able to come back and be at the University of Texas. It was great. It was a great pull by them, and the relentless re- relentless recruiting that they were going through was the perfect fin- finish to this season. Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. So that was, a, yeah, considering he's a legacy, yep. uh, that was a big flip uh, for Texas to be able to get him. Another player that was on our all-flex uh, team was uh, Jaden Chapman from Marker Heights, the uh, interior offensive lineman, 6'4", 300. Big humans. Yep, uh, yep That yep. Uh, Sark always talks about, Kyle Flood always talks about, so they can play bully ball. He's one of them big humans, uh, one of the best offensive linemen in the country, uh, but right here in Central Texas. Uh, he ends up uh, as one of the highest rated, uh, and maybe the highest rated offensive lineman they have in this class, actually. Yeah. Um, so good player, and they're, they're, they continue to stockpile the O line. 
They, That's important. Considering last year, and then they're still bringing in high high end prospects this year on the O line. I can I, I can see Texas trying their best to make that a position where they have kind of a wealth of talent, where they have an abundance of talent on the offensive line. Because they, you can tell, Sark has already said he wants to build this team inside out. Um, you can tell by their D line recruiting and their O line recruiting. It's a much different emphasis than it was under Herman and a much different emphasis than it was under Charlie Strong before him. Yeah, and, and our man C.J. Fogle, who does a great job as well, he said Kyle Flood and Steve Sarkeesian have signed 12 offensive linemen yeah, in their man. first two uh, cycles at Texas. The average height and weight, 6'5", 316. Hmm. Think about that. Yeah. So what did you just say when you were talking about my man from K-Town? Big human. That is what they've been focusing on, and that is what they've been getting. And think about 12 offensive linemen where there was a drought for top offensive linemen during the recruiting classes the last couple years. I mean, years be prior to. So in the last two years, you filled a gap and you filled a void that happened to be filled up quickly. Mm-hmm. And now you're looking at a Kelvin Banks. You're looking at all the kids that played a lot this year, Hayden Connor. They, those guys went out there and played, they did, played well. and did well. They played not just well yeah. for true freshmen. They just played well. Period. Played well. Yeah, you, can, you can't even just put the true freshmen in. They played really, really yeah. well. Yeah. And this year they expected to take another step. And we've been told by multiple scouts, uh, high-level uh, players at that position, um, that Kelvin Banks is a guy that's going to end up being drafted potentially top 15. High, high. Like really high, 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 <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like that kind. Of, he's got that yeah, kind of freakish dude. ceiling. He's no question. Uh, all right, um, we'll talk about whether some of these guys have that kind of freakish ceiling in that 2023 signing class for Texas. We got Mike Roach coming up on the other side of Horns 24/7, and we'll talk to him about this 2023 signing class. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 The Horn.